Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, tonight we ask, we want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for all that you have done thus far. We come to you in the volume of the book and we've come before you with thanksgiving. Psalm 100 says from verses 4 and 5 that enter into your presence with the password, thank you. And we do thank you. Thank you for all that you've done and we thank you for each person, Father Almighty God, that has spent time over the last few weeks in your word, I pray that their lives will genuinely be transformed. We commit this day into your hands and we worship you. My Father and my God, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let tonight be practical. And let tonight be a night that allows us to change the way we approach tomorrow. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Um, all right. So, a couple of things. Um, I have thought about doing this um, oh, okay first things first a um, couple of tips on studying the Bible um, I had a really good presentation from it on, on the Ruck service um, one of our team leaders did it um, Abby it was absolutely brilliant um, I, I can't do it as well as that it, it was really really good but just want to find out does everybody have a journal now journals are interesting this is my this is my latest one and you'll notice i've worked it to the max and so all my stuff's in here um so all this is all conversations i've had bible study things and so what i advise is get a journal and i'll tell you why um, get a journal or take notes because it's actually quite interesting when you're when you're studying the Bible when you have the opportunity to write down what the Holy Spirit says it's almost like he is saying it twice um, because you literally it, it's it, it's, a, it's a really good learning tool and one other thing that I found is um, Write longhand if you can. It aids your memory. And so I suggest if you do. So if you, have, if you don't have a journal, I mean, get a really cool one. And then it allows you to track your journey with God. Um, and so what you do is, so if you go back in, so I, this, I started this journal on 6th of January, 2020. And Pastor was taking us through the blessings and curses. And on the first two pages, he said, write a list of the things that you want to bless and you speak over them and bless them or write a, a list of things that you want to curse. That means you want to stop happening and do so. And interestingly, I was going over it a few days ago and I realized it actually worked. The things that I've asked God to bless have begun to show up in my, in my life. And the things that I've asked God to stop and to curse, I'm watching them just basically peter out. And so what I'm suggesting is write it down. It's really, it's a really great tool. And um, it's something that I really feel that, you know, if, you, if, 
if you're going to take it, it also allows you to be more focused in your study time. So I would really encourage that. Um, and so if you do want to make sure you're taking notes and make sure you have a, a journal, so grab a journal and get a really fun to it. Um, and so we can go from there. That's the first thing. The second thing is, um, I hope you enjoyed the last few weeks. We've finished the book of Ruth now. If you have any questions or you still have any lingering questions on the book of Ruth, what I'd like you to do is, um, let me just type in my email address and you can send them to me and I will happily answer them for you. Um, so that's my, my email address. Feel free to send me an email. Um, just market questions. Um, let me know. Let the communications team know if you would like to. And then we'll go from there. And so we'll wrap it up. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, it was fun teaching it. So tonight, today we're going to do a different type of, we're going to look at a different type of Bible study. Um, we're going to, the phrase, to, to use a popular phrase, kill two or three birds with one stone. So we're changing tack. And the reason we're changing tack is um, we're going to be looking at one of my favorite subjects um, without a doubt. And we're going to be looking at faith. Um, and this is how we're going to start. This is different. So what we've just done is a character study. So we looked at the book of Ruth and that had two main characters, Ruth, Boaz, I feel it could have been called the Book of Boaz, but it's an absolutely fantastic, fantastic book. Um, but now we're going to look at a subject. And I'm going to take my time within reason um, over the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to show you how to tackle doing a subject Bible study. As much as I'm going to tell you some of the things that um, you need to learn and some of the things that you can pick up. But my aim is to pass across the skills and the abilities that this is how to do that kind of Bible study. So we're going to do some of that. And so let's do a very simple, so if everybody, um, very, very simple quiz. Um, I, I doubt if you'll get it wrong, but it'd probably be interesting. If you were to give me a anchor scripture on faith, which one would you give me? Just put it into the chat. I would have liked to say, okay, unmute yourself and go for it. But you know what? Pop it into the chat. Let's see what happens. And then I'll show you how I started on this journey. And then we'll pick it up from there. So what scripture would you say is your anchor scripture? Let me get the first 10 answers and then we'll, we'll, we'll go on with that conversation. But which one do you think we should look at first? Right. Okay, um, I'm getting a few, a few of the popular ones that I actually expected, which is absolutely fantastic. So I've got Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1 is where the Bible says, um, for we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us um, run the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, Hebrews 11.6, anybody who comes to God must believe. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the subject of things hoped for, the things evidence not seen. Jeremiah 29, verse 7, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, um, thoughts of good 
and not of evil. Tell me that's a good one. Um, Lara Ayo, I love that one. Luke 5. Um, now that's a whole book. You've given us a whole chapter. Um, so Luke 5, which is where Peter goes fishing, if I'm not wrong. Um, that's good. Mark 11, 23. Whoever says unto this mountain, uh, be thou lifted up and be cast into the sea. That's fine. Have faith in God. Oh, I've got some good ones. Psalm 84, verse 11. I love that verse. The Bible says that our God is a sun and a shield, and he will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly before him. Um, I, I love that verse. I love that verse. Wow. We're, <laughs> now we're going for it. I'm now getting some serious Bible scholars. Luke 17. John. Okay, let's have a look. Let's, let's have a look at a few. John Let's, I'll look at a few. Let me get, I'll move my Bible to my, my other screen. So let's have a look at a few. Um, now, so let's have a look. Uh, one of the interesting ones was Luke 7. Um, I've got, yes, have I right? I've got that right. It moves so fast. Yes, John chapter 7, 38. That's nice. Let me look at that one. John 7, and let's go to verse 38. Um, have faith in me and you will have life-giving water. That's really nice. Where Jesus is, let me get that in the King James so I know. Okay, verse 38. That's it. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Absolutely. These are brilliant scriptures. Another one that, I, that has caught my interest, um, Psalm 31, 19. Let's have a look at that. Uh, 31. Verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust thee before the sons of men. Absolutely good. Very, very good. Indeed, that was fantastic. That was a good one. Uh, let me, I'll just take two more. Um, right. Luke, let me have a look at Luke 5. Yeah, that's nice. That, that was enough. Luke 5 is where um, Jesus says to Peter, cast your net down. And Peter says, I will do it at your word. Very, very good. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, very, very good. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21, very, very good. Um, Luke 17, verse 6. Let me have a look at that. Let me go to um, Luke 17, verse 6. Um, fabulous scripture. It says, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root um, and be cast into the sea, and it would obey you. Absolutely lovely. Now, it's very interesting how we start. Um, Michael, that's a good one. Mark 10, 27. With man, this is impossible, it's impossible but it's impossible with God. Rupert, now this one I like. The reason I'm picking on Rupert's one is this. Genesis 22 verse 5, which is one of my favorite verses. Genesis 22 verse 5. Abraham says, and this is the beauty of telling stories in the Bible. Abraham says to his young men, he's on his way to um, sacrifice his son. Verse 5 is critical. He says to them, God shows him this is where 
you're meant to sacrifice your son. And then he says, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Then he says, and we shall return to you again. That is raw faith. Rupert, very, very, very well spotted. Very, very, very well spotted. Okay, I could go on and on and on. Very good one. Very, very good. Um, let me pick on another one that's my favorite. Jeremiah 17, 7, fantastic scripture. Um, that is an absolute good scripture. But it's interesting. Notice, we all picked on different things. And so what happens, and this is how, I'll show you how you go with a lot of the scriptures. If I was to ask you to tell me the stories behind the scriptures, and I'm still getting... Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Behind the scriptures that you're giving me, I'm sure you could give me a personal story. Now, that's great. But when you're, when you're looking to study the Bible, your personal experience will, it will pique your interest. I concede. Absolutely great. We'll come to that in a moment. But when you want to do a subject study, one of the things that I do that I've found is I always like to look for where a word is first mentioned. Now, I usually do this in the King James Version of the Bible. So what I'll do is I'll go on to something like Esau. I'll go on to, um, you could go on to Google or you could go on to the Bible Gateway and just type in the word faith. And with, if you've got a concordance, a really good one, or a good one, especially if it's an electronic one, I look for the place a word is mentioned first. And this is the reason. So if you're taking notes, ladies and gentlemen, please write this down. This is what it is. When you look at where a subject or a word is mentioned for the first time in scripture, one of the rules of interpreting the Bible is that it's called the law of first mention. Now the law of first mention Whatever you see something mentioned for the first time sets the tone of that particular thing throughout Scripture. For a very simple reason, the Bible is true and the Bible confirms itself. So when you find a, a, a subject or a word mentioned for the first time in Scripture, many, and I, I'm sure there are some exceptions, so I'm not going to say there aren't. But many times that will give you the character or the way that subject is looked at throughout the Bible, especially when it refers to God, where it refers to God directly. So I'll give you the most popular example. The most popular example is found in Genesis 1, verses 1 to 3. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are introduced in the first three verses of the Bible. And it's interesting. Look at how they are introduced. And you realize throughout Scripture, throughout Scripture, the characteristic that you find in Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, follow all the way through Scripture. First, you see the Father as a creator. He's the designer of everything. He's the one that makes it happen. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Throughout the Bible, you see God the Father as the one who created.
creates. He's the one that governs times and seasons. He's the one that has the plan on his inside. He's the one who starts everything. And so that's where we get the word alpha and the phrase alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the beginning and, and the end. Now, then you find in verse two, the Bible says the earth was without form and void. Now, and the Bible then says, and darkness was on the face of the deep. But then the Bible says this, and the spirit of the Lord hovered above the water. Now, this is very interesting. You'll realize that whenever you see an anomaly in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is the solution that God sends. He's always close to where the problems are. He's the detail person. He was right there. He's always, he's the one that is closest to when things go wrong. This is the beauty of it. And so when Jesus was leaving, he said, the Holy Spirit will be with you. When everything goes topsy-turvy, the Holy Spirit will stay with you. So I will not leave you orphans. I won't leave you alone. John chapter 40, reading from verses 18 down. But that, that's just a nice reference. And then the third reference, there, the third one is, then you see when in Genesis 1 verse 3, the most famous verse is where God says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. The word is how God solves problems. When God wants to transfer a part of himself from where he is to somewhere else, he always sends his word. And then the combination of the word and the spirit create what God has intended. You see that played out from Genesis to Revelation. And this is where we get the principle of the law of first mention. And so when you're interpreting the Bible, so when you're going to do a subject study, one of the first things to do is find out where a subject or a word is mentioned first, and it will give you some deep insights. And it will take you to some very interesting places in the Bible. Now, so for today, we're looking at faith. And so what I did the first thing I did was I went into a search engine and I typed in the word faith. And if I was going to start explaining faith, the first thing I would normally do is I would do exactly what you've done. I'll go for, to a place or where I have a personal experience. But now I want to see, God, how do you see the subject? So the scripture I, that the first mention of the word faith in the King James Version of the Bible, obviously it will be different if you're going to do a search on, on the, the Passion Translation or you're going to do a search on the Amplified or you're going to do a search on um, the International Standard Version by virtue of different uses of language. That's fine. But when I want to do things like this, I use the King James Version of the Bible. And the scripture that comes up is Deuteronomy 32, verse 20. And that piqued my interest. And I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then the second part of what I wanted to say. So the first one is Laurel first mentioned. So this is the first place that faith is mentioned. And so whatever this description is, it holds sway throughout the Bible. And it will give us a very deep insight into what faith means and is and why it's valuable to God. So what I'm going to do um, 
to explain that before I go on to what I want to say next is, so what I did was I read what came before it and I read what came after it. And it gives you a picture. It's the, it's the same way they taught us to interpret passages of scripture, passages of text when we were in school. It, it's, you get a context, read around it. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read. Now, I'm going to read this from the Old King James deliberately because I want to pick up on some words. And so I will read quite quickly and then I'll read it in a translation that makes it simpler because I think that's fair. Just in case somebody is listening on audio alone, um, I'll, I'll do so. So I'm going to read from King, the King James Version of the Bible and I'm going to read Deuteronomy 32. The verse that we are going to, the pivotal verse, is verse 20, where the word faith is mentioned for the first time. But I'm going to read from 1 to 20, and it will give us an idea of what God is saying. So I'll read. And the Bible reads as follows. The Bible says, uh, I'll drag this so, so that I am actually looking directly at you. That is wonderful. Okay. The Bible says, give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. For those of you that, um, that um, remember songs, there is a song that goes with ascribe greatness to the Lord. It's actually scripture. It's one of those really beautiful worship songs. And it, his work is perfect and all his ways are just. This is where the song came from. And that's also fun to do, whereby when you're reading the Bible, it's nice to know the genesis of where a song comes from or where a revelation comes from or where something we say comes from. It makes it stronger on your inside. It makes it more believable. And we'll come back to that. Verse five, they have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked nation. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath brought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee, thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nation their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in the, a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about and instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. That's where that phrase comes from. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, and taketh them and bear them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the field. He made him suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kine and milk of sheep and fat with the fat of lambs. 
and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat, and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grave. But Jeshurun, that Israel, waxed fat and kicked, thou art waxed, the, the Bible says, thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations, provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that newly came up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat, begat thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them, because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And this is where faith is mentioned the first time. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. Now, that's the first mention. Then the Bible goes on, and the Lord goes on to read a whole list of things he's going to do to Israel because they have abandoned him and they no longer trust him. Now, what I also want to do is, that gave me a little bit of insight. So I realized, I said, God, that means when I'm looking at faith, it's surrounded or prefaced by things that you have done and the way people have responded to the things you have done. Now, that gives you an understanding of what faith is. Because now what I will do is I now began to realize that, wait, so God, faith is actually not that difficult to understand because you had been really amazing to Israel, and yet they decided not to follow you. They decided to turn around and go another way. And so this is what I began to realize when I began to, so this is the first thing I looked at. I now looked at where it showed up. It showed up where God articulated a list of things that he had done for Israel. Now, for clarity's sake, I'm going to read, let me see whether this is the one. Um, All right, I'll read to you the parts of the same scripture, but I will read a couple of things in another version that will make it a lot clearer. So I'm reading Deuteronomy 32, but now I'm going to read the International Standard Version, or you could read the English Standard Version, but I'll read the International Standard Version, and this is one that caught my attention. Verses, so... I'll read from one to six. Hear heavens and I will speak. Listen earth to the words of my mouth. May my instructions descend like rain and may my words flow like dew. As light rain upon the grass and as showers upon new plants. For I'll proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God. Flawless is the work of the rock because all his ways are just. A faithful God, 
never unjust, righteous and upright is he. Then the Bible says, but those who are not his children actively, acted corruptly against him. They are a defective and perverted generation. This is not the way to repay the Lord, is it, you foolish and witless people? Is he not your father who bought you, formed you, and established you? Verse 7, remember the days of old. Reflect on the years of previous generations. Ask your father and he'll tell you. Your elders will inform you. When the Most High gave nations as their inheritance, when he separated the human race, he set boundaries for the people according to the number of the children of God. Now, one of the verses I read, where it's in com the Common English Version, that verse is beautifully listed. It says, let me... Yes, I'll read verses 7 and 8. And I'm now reading the Common English Version. Think about past generations. Ask your parents, any of you elders, they will tell you that God Most High gave land to every nation. He assigned a guardian angel to each of them. Verse 9, but the Lord himself takes care of Israel. Then the Bible goes on to say all the wonderful things that the Lord has done. And then he says, but they reacted negatively and he said they have no faith. Now, we now begin to see how faith is shaped in God's world. It is based on what I've done, based on who God is, based on what God says, and based on God's track record, God expects us to have faith. Or let me put a simple word in it. Confidence in God that governs my words, my thoughts, and my actions. That was the first thing I noticed. And so that brought, so how did I get round to that? Because I looked at where the word was, and I looked at what went before, and I looked at what came after, and it gave me a rounded picture of God. So this is what faith is to you. Based upon who you are, based upon what you've done, based upon what you have said, but also based upon your willingness to do it for me, you expect me to trust and act, to trust you and act in a particular way. That's where we get the word faith. It's not rocket science. It's a lovely example because God is saying that, listen, I haven't treated you guys badly. And he says, faith is where, based upon what you've heard about me, based upon what you've seen from me, this is how I want you to act. So when the, and now if you look at all the wonderful verses that you listed, earlier and all of them are great when you now begin to think about so god wants me to act in faith it's not as much of a mystery 
as when we first approached it. So that was the first part of my study. I looked at where it was. The second part of my the second part of my study. So that so that gave me a definition. I could draw a definition from that. That this is what faith is. So let me give you my definition, and it's from one of the verses that you all quoted. I, I pulled it together. It's Hebrews eleven six, where the Bible says. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. That means, and so we'll come to that. And the Bible says, he that cometh unto God. Sorry, I'm quoting from the King James Version of the Bible. He that, comes unto, he that cometh unto God. The Bible says, he must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what you begin to realize is, Based off, if I put those two things together, now looking at this example or this story, I begin to realize that, wait, God, that means faith in simple terms is belief in that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he will do. And he is willing to do for me what he said he will do for me. So when I come to God, I must believe that he is God. That's why, and you'll find that in the example. So this is where I get my definitions from. So when you hear someone like me make those slick statements, and we'll say it in 10 seconds, it comes from times where you go and dig into the word like this. God, where did you say it first? So what was happening? This was the last word that Moses spoke to the children of Israel. After this, Moses, God said to Moses, go up onto a mountain, look across the river Jordan, you're going to die there, your journey is done, but I promised you that I'll take these people to the promised land. Let me show you where it is. And the Bible, so this is what God is doing. So this is when God speaks of faith, he is summarizing his track record. And he's talking about how the people responded to his track record. So ladies and gentlemen, so when we're looking at the subject of faith, we are actually just looking at confidence in God as a person, what God has said because it has come to pass, and we're looking at what God has done on our behalf and he's what he's willing to do for us. And so I'm going to give you an example. So because I, want, I, I love stories. Um, so would I like to give you the 20 scriptures that break this down? I will give you some of that next week. But let's just get down to a core understanding. And then I'll take questions, which should be fun anyway. Let me give you a, um, an example. I have to get that right. My, my girls have been going on at me about AEIOU. I learned English in a very different school than they did. So I think I can be excused, but they don't let me off. So I was looking through my, um, my notes on my phone, which is one of the things that you do when you're a geek like I am. And so I went all the way back and I found one 
and it was in 2013. Let me find it for you. I'm looking for it now. Uh, it was actually at Tisha's dedication. Uh, let me find it. Yes. Got it. There was, we were just about to start, and this is what I, I want to explain about faith. Faith actually is simple. It just means having confidence in what God has said, who God is, what God has done, and his willingness to do it for you. So this note was I, I, 19th of January, 2014. We are, this was the dedication of, um, I think it was, Pastor Dakwa's son, but I'm not sure. It was a dedication service. And Pastor Abels then said that we were about to do 20 days of praise. And this is what he said. He said, write down four things that you want God to give you. Now, I wrote down four things. I'll only talk about one because it's, it's, it's easy enough to show you. I wanted to change my car at that point in time. And he said, write down four things that you want God to give you. Because he spoke about the faithfulness of God and the fact that God has promised and the fact that God will keep his word and so on and so forth. Then he, so I wrote down in my notes, I wrote my car, this is what I wrote, a Jeep suitable to carry three children and their luggage to and from boarding school. Now, I'll tell you the story. At that point in time, I wanted to take, I was taking my girls to and from boarding school, but we were also taking another child. I think I've told you the story that that child's father had passed away. And my car was too small. And so when he said at this point in time, in, um, this was in 2014, he said, ask for something. So I did. By the end of that year, I was given the car that I desired. I literally prayed for it, and I was given the car. And it's a car I drive now, so a lot of you would have seen me drive it. It's, it's the Audi Q7. But I said to the Lord, the reason I want it is I want to be able to take this particular child to and from school comfortably. I prayed for it. Twelve months later, I got the car as a gift. It was just an absolute miracle. I found that list a week ago. I just happened to be going through my phone, and it was one of the toughest days I've had this year. You know when everything implodes? And I, I, I wasn't praying. I was going through my phone because I was tired. You know when you prayed and prayed and prayed, and I found this list. And I said to the Lord, wait, I am driving this car. 
That means, God, everything else I asked you around that time, I asked for four things. You heard me. And so I stopped in my pity party. And I said, wait. So the, the, one of the other things I asked for was about health of a member of my family. And I realized, I said, wait, God, you've actually done it. Every single time in the last, now this is six years ago. In the last six years, you've kept your word. And I, I, I went out, I came down into my study and I opened my blinds and I looked at the car. I said, wait, God, this is the car I prayed for. And my confidence and assurance in God began to rise. And he said, and I realized, I said, wait, wait, if God, if this is the car that I've prayed for, and this is the list, then everything else on this list I've got. My day brightened. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what faith is. Based on who God is, I, the car came to me and I did not spend a penny. Short of to drive it away. What God has said, God promised. He said, write down four things and within 12 months you will get them. And the reality is sometimes we forget. This is why I wanted you to have a journal. Faith is not, um, faith is not, when I say mystical, it is actually simple. It means based on what God has done, what God has said. God's track record for you and for others, the, Bibles, the Bible says, um, that, that, listen, you then build what we call confidence in God. From that moment forward. By the way, I'm not having a visitation. I have blinds in my study. So the light is shining on my face. So do not doubt. Um, no, no, no. This is not, 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 no, 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 no. This is light and I'm struggling and I just want to stay focused. So let, let everybody be clear. So, so yeah, so it's not that, oh, Pastor Biden lit up and he had light. No, 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 no. It's light. So the reality is that is what faith is. So I could now confront a situation six years later with the confidence that, God, I know who you are. I believe what you said. And I can see what you've done. And it governed my words, my thoughts, and my actions. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is faith. Where did I get that example? Because I looked at where it happened in the Bible for the first time. And God gave his track record. God gave the things that he has said. God explained the things that he had done that Israel had no idea about. And he said, all I wanted from you was a response. The response is faith. The response. May you're correct. Yeah. Hebrews 11, 39 to 40, where you begin to realize that this is the cloud of witnesses. This is the list of heroes that we see. This is what faith is. Now, so what I did was I realized that this is a great place for me to start my study on faith. And it's a great place to explain it. So why, why did I go this way? Let me summarize what I've explained to you. Number one, the law of first mention. Every other time you see faith in the Bible, it is based upon a person. 
hearing, seeing, or experiencing, this is what God has done, and they respond. Okay? That's what it is. So it is, what is faith? Faith is your response to God based upon his track record. So I'm not trying to... There are definitions. We'll come to that. We will work out where, but we will break it down. But this is how simple it is. That means when you walk away from this meeting, ladies and gentlemen, I advise something really simple. Go through your notes and find the places, especially if you keep a prayer journal. God has done more for you than you realize. Acting upon that is what the Bible calls faith. Um, I could go on. So that was one story, and, and there, are, there are quite a few others, now, and I'll tell you a lot over the next two or three weeks. But that's where we're going to focus. So, so let me summarize what I've explained. I've explained, number one, by the way, all your scriptures are great. Every single one of your scriptures are fantastic. Um, and we could, I could preach off any one of them. They're all spot on. But now, what do we want to do? Because we want to do a subject study, we went to the first place the word is mentioned, and then the law of first mention helped guide our understanding of the thing we're trying to explain. Number two, we keep a journal. The, if I hadn't taken notes on that particular Sunday, whereby Pastor said, write this down, and I wrote it down. Six years later, I may have remembered, but reading it really, really helped. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Whenever you write something down, I could go on and on and on, so we write it down. Number three, this particular passage gives us a very simple definition of faith. And let me put it into a maxim, the maxim I said. Faith simply is believing that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he will do. But this is key. And the belief that he is willing to do for you what he has promised. God is, God can, and God will. Those three things should govern our interaction with the Almighty God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we start our journey of faith. So I'm going to pause. Um, and I'm going to take any questions. If you have any questions, um, comments, let's do that. And I hope you've been blessed. And so notice, I'm, I'm not preaching a sermon. I'm trying to give you skills. Um, I will also put the link for ESORD into the chat in a few moments so that you can go and download it if you want to. If you just type eSword into e-sword into Google, free download, and it runs on pretty much everything. All these things I'm using, the concordance, is free of charge. Um, and then you can download the different Bibles, and, and I'll, I'll happily give anybody a tutorial on that. And that gives you the idea, and it gives you different versions of the Bible, so you can see it from there. U version is exactly the same. It's on your phone. It's a web version. You can use that as well. Um, any questions or comments?
Um, so please put them in the chat. Uh, let me have a look at that. Yeah. Wow. Can't have been that good. Okay, here we go. Um, all right. Okay, thank you. That's it. The four points make it easier. Jonathan, thank you. Can your prayer journal be repetitive? The beauty of it is this. Prayer can be repetitive for one simple reason. God is happy for you to ask for something, to come to him daily. And next week I'll, I'll show you. I have a prayer note that I, I put on my phone. There's some prayers that we have, I, we have prayed as a family for over a year. It can be repetitive because until you get what you ask for, unless God says stop, keep asking. Notice God, so when we touch on prayer, we'll look at that. But there are times when God says, you know what, don't bring this before me again. I've got this upset. But other times, you can bring it before God. Now, you don't bring it, um, you don't, thank you, I'm very humble. You don't bring it to God in doubt. What you do is, when you come to God, even though you're asking as if it has not been covered. So let me give you a scripture reference. Um, and we'll turn there in the Bible, and I'll use a simple version. Please turn in your Bibles to Philippians 4. Very, very good question. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Um, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Actually, Philippians 4, 6 to 8. Now, let's talk about prayer. The Bible says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. I'm reading the common English version. With thankful heart, Offer up your prayers and requests to God. The Bible then says, then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. So when you present a, a, a request to God, if you break that down in the King James Version, it says petitions, supplications, that when you present your petitions before God, your supplications, which are cries for mercy, and your requests. So when, if I was, let me just make sure, let me just flip that so I can break it down. Okay. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let me use my car as an example. And I remember my, I don't know whether Uzo was on the call. You can ask her. She's, she was my personal assistant at that time. We chose the car together. And I remember once I got to it that this is the only car that fits. And interestingly, it's the only car I can, there are only two or three cars I can fit because I've got extremely long legs. The moment I found that this is the one, and I'll tell you that journey in another session. I remember every time I prayed, every time I would give an offering, believing God for the car, I wouldn't give in doubt. I gave in thanksgiving. That God, I know you've done this, but I'm bringing it before you again. Lord, I know you are faithful, but I'm bringing it before you again. Because that peace that made no sense kept me. The Bible then says, after you've prayed like that, let verse 8 take over. 
it must govern the way you think, the way you feel. That means the words that you say. So verse 8 says this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. The journey of your answer from heaven to you, when you ask for it, it is granted if you ask in the name of Jesus. The journey of delivery is different. Then all you have to do is guard your assurance. So when you come before God and you don't have what you're asking for, ask for it again with passion. But the Bible says go through the process. Make your petition. Ask God to have mercy. Give thanks. And then from that moment forward, control your thoughts and your feelings. How? Think about the things that God has done. So it is fine to come to God repetitively like that. And it makes your journey to answers much easier. So you're, you look at, so what I remember during that year, and actually about four or five years before that time, every opportunity I got to bless somebody with a ride, to bless somebody with um, anything to help with their car, to buy people petrol, I did it. Build victory stories around yourself. It makes your journey of repetitive prayer easier. So if your journal is repetitive, it's fine. But what you can do is take the scriptures you are standing on and look at them in other versions. The Holy Spirit will make it larger and clearer. I hope that's point. Then he says, what's the point of repeating prayers if God has heard your previous prayer, because there's a distance. Let me give you an example. The point of repeating prayers is this. God may have granted it, but until it shows up in the physical, don't let go. And I'll give you a, an example. If you arrived on a station waiting for the 744, and you arrive at 7.22, do you realize you actually repeat to yourself unconsciously that, you know what, I'm going to stay on this platform, 7.22, 7.25, why are you still here? Because I'm waiting for the 7.44. Why are you 7.30? Why are you still here? Because I'm waiting for the 7.44. Your grandma calls. What are you doing in the morning? I'm waiting for a train. Which one? The 7.44. But isn't there a train before the 744? No, 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 no. I'm waiting for the 744. Notice, you are consistently fighting off alternatives. And that is what repetitive prayer does. It reinforces your confidence in what God has promised you. So what, what the foundation of repetitive prayer is that take a promise before God. God you said you will do this. I know it has not been done yet, but I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep praying because that moves everything else around you to make the miracle happen. I hope that helps with repetitive prayers because 
the train is coming, but it's just not at the station. So what do you do? You stay in the same place and you say the same things until the train arrives. Faith is exactly like that. Repetitive prayer is exactly like that. Based upon the promise that God has given me, I will stay in the same place and I will say the same thing and I will confess the same thing until the train arrives. And that's how you manage the journey. Philippians 4, 6 to 8 says so. You can go through that process and God's okay with it. Because Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, the Bible says God will make everything beautiful in his own time. He's going to make it happen. That's why we have repetitive prayers. Because God's not a slot machine. It is a journey and it's a relationship. Very good question. Thank you for that. Fabulous question. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. Can't looking at past unanswered points in the journal make one discouraged? Yes, it can. Whereby you read, oh God, I realize I'm not here. But let it drive you to your knees and let it drive you to study. So when you see an unanswered prayer, go and find a story in the Bible where God has done what you are expecting for, expecting. Also, make sure you go, when you read your journal, go back to God and say, God, it's not done yet. But at the bottom of this matter is the fact that you are faithful. Notice what God said about him, that he is a that God's work is perfect, that he's a faithful God and he can be trusted. So it's like, God, even if it hasn't shown up at the center of this, I know my journal says it hasn't been done, but you are faithful. Okay? You are faithful. And then you realize it stands on the way. Then that keeps you until God does what you are asking. And in the process, he changes you, not him. But we'll, that's a very good question. So don't look at unanswered points and let them shape your doubt. Go and find victory stories where God has done it. It's 20, we're at 8 o'clock, but I'm going to answer this one question. Very good question. Could you please clarify, does God always answer the way you expect him to? I can answer that very simply. No, he doesn't. What about instances when someone has lost a loved one to an illness in spite of prayers? Let's clarify. And that is, I'll, I will take a few minutes of your time. Sometimes, let's clarify. When you are asking for a loved one or you're praying for the healing of another person, there are many things involved. Is it God's desire to heal. Yes, he promises it. But there are many other factors involved. The person's time on earth may be up. And unless you ask the Lord directly, we're not, and when you're praying for a loved one, you're not asking that God, is this person's time up? So you know what, let me just stop praying. We don't. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, we only know in part. God knows the whole. So this is what I've seen over the years, especially when people have lost loved ones. God is not at a loss 
when we are dealing with tragedy. Romans 8 verse 28. I'm not saying it's not painful, but that doesn't mean God has not got a perfect plan, even though you have the agony of losing somebody you love. And so let, let, me, use, let me use a personal example. We have been pregnant four times, and I have two children. We have lost two children, and we pray heavy. The first two times that we went through pregnancy, my girls are alive. They're here. The second two times, we lost the pregnancy, and one in very difficult circumstances. What gave me the courage to go forward? What gave me the courage to be able to stand and support my family and my children through a very, very difficult time was the fact that the one thing I could, I knew without a shadow of a doubt is that, God, you are faithful. And he demonstrated it to me in the most wonderful way. And I realized that, God, you know what? This is going to turn out well because I know that you are faithful. That means even though I'm facing a tragedy, I still have a faithful, completely in control God. And it doesn't mean the person passed because of your lack of faith or their lack of faith. There are so many things that could have caused it. Also, the person's physical body may have been so damaged, it couldn't hold on to their soul. So there are lots of things. So what does God say? He said, I'm ready for any eventuality. Will he answer? Yes, he will. How he will answer? That's in his hand. And the last thing I want to, let me put that in the scripture. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Rita, I will answer that. I will make sure, uh, make sure I'll keep a note of that and I'll answer it next week. Fantastic. Let me put it into a scripture to answer this question. This last question is this. Romans 8, verse 28. The Bible says, for all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. That means things that are negative and things that are positive. Why do they work together for good? Because God is bigger than both of them. And that means when he gets involved, the outcome of this journey will be good. I didn't say it won't be painful. But it does say it, it's, it will be good. Thank you. Great, great question. Rita, I will. Please, guys, you can, everybody remind me of this. Can we discuss next week, but please clarify what the Bible means by faith without work is dead. Rita, I love you very much. That's a great way to connect two sessions together. So what we'll do is next week, we'll go into a bit more nitty gritty of what faith is like and what works are like. So hopefully you'll have fun. And I pray this week that as you read the Bible, that God will take his word and he will turn it into faith and confidence on your inside, governing your words, thoughts and actions so that you have a week of miracles and miraculous events. God bless you guys. 